chaos is everywhere. So now that we're all here, how about we talk a little bit about The Good Place? The Good Place? Oh, no, I thought we were talking about something else. Oh, dang it. That would be really weird if we just spent the last half hour watching The Good Place for you to think about talking about something else, but that's beside the point. Um, I am Jonathan Gilchrist. That guy over there is DJ Manman, and this is episode four of season one of The Good Place. This one's called Jason Mendoza, which if you haven't been paying attention, who's Jason Mendoza? Well, I'll tell you who it is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll just do the best I can recap. Uh, we started, like most episodes, right where we left off. Uh, it's Eleanor and Gianyu having a conversation. Um, Yu saying, you're a fraud and, like, help me on the fraud, too. Uh, Eleanor just basically asked him a couple questions. We find out his real name is Jason Mendoza. He was a drug dealer, DJ, amateur DJ, amateur what was it? Um, body spray maker. There's like four other amateur jobs, but he's from Jacksonville, Florida, and he's not supposed to be there. Um, and basically, he found out that Eleanor was supposed to be there because at the first night of the party, she, when she was drunk, told him that she wasn't supposed to be there, but she didn't remember that because she was drunk. And basically, Jason, not a very smart person, but knew enough not to talk when Michael told him he took a vow of silence. So he just hasn't said anything since he got there. Um, they go back to Tehani's house. Jason shows Eleanor her his uh, bud hole, which is a hole for him and his buds to hang out. Basically just establishing, as she says, that he's a 12-year-old boy that meets a 13-year-old boy in uh, personality. And... Um, uh, Jason uh, basically well before we get to it uh, Eleanor says well she's happy because she's having to like dodge and duck and you know pretend to be something she's not she's happy to have a place to go to be herself and Jason says yeah I miss being myself myself was the best and we flash back to his career as an amateur DJ where he's going to be standing in for a couple nights for a DJ called Acid Cat not because he has talent but just because he kind of looks like Acid Cat in size and shape. So Acid Cat can go do other stuff, which I believe were the porno awards in Reno. And um, then, yeah, basically that's what we're going to keep flashing back to. Um, in the meantime, Tahani is helping Michael launch a new restaurant in town called The Good Plates. Because, get it? The good. And, <laughs> and uh, they're inviting the whole town for like an, you know, an opening night of a conversation. And uh, Tihani's sad because Gianni won't be there. And Michael says, well, it's because he doesn't talk. So it wouldn't make sense to take him to a place where, you know, it's basically about conversation. Um, then when we get back to Eleanor and Chidi, they are discussing knowing thyself as far as a philosophical point. And that is the whole theme of the episode. If you haven't picked it up from Jason saying himself, himself was the best. Um and as they're doing that, they hear EDM music coming from next door. They go over and Jason has decided that he's not going to pretend to be Jean Yu anymore. He's got approximation of a Jacksonville Jaguars jersey on and EDM music blasting, just basically being himself. And um, 
Eleanor gets it all away. Tahani shows up to drop off her morning gloves and pick up her evening gloves, which I guess is a thing. <laughs> I'm still not sure. And uh, she's like, oh, how are you, Johnny? When he walks in the room, he's like, I'm cool. And she's like freaked out because he's not supposed to talk. And uh, then she's like, oh, you and Chidi have been helping him learn how to talk so that we can communicate. Isn't that great? And that leads to Janu telling Michael and that, or that, sorry, Tani telling Michael so that Janu can be invited to the uh, opening dinner. And um, then at the dinner, Michael basically goes around and everyone has their favorite meal in front of them, whatever their favorite meal was. Um, Eleanor's was a hunger strike that she had for human rights, I think, in the Ukraine or something. So she had nothing, which is just a fun joke. Uh, Janu had tofu. Um, but he wants to tell the story of his uh, buffalo wing eating contest at Stupid Nick's again in Jacksonville, Florida. So as Chidi and Eleanor run away trying to figure out how to stop him from blowing their cover, uh, she, he's about to tell the story. And then um, Eleanor sees a giant cake that has been made for the opening. And in order to like stop Johnny from talking, she destroys it because she knows her action will have a negative effect on the good place. It creates a giant sinkhole, which Glenn, who will be important later, not overly so, but you're going to see him a lot. So I'm pointing out that Glenn's there. <laughs> He falls into the sinkhole. Everybody runs away. And um, they basically all meet back up at John Yu's butthole. <laughs> I love saying that. And uh, Eleanor is like, listen, you can't be yourself here. You have to be a better version of yourself. You need to come and take the cheaty good person classes and learn to be a better person. And uh, eventually, John Yu, or Jason, I'm just going to call him Jason, <laughs> steps and they go and the last scene is them at the class starting to talk about the Hume book that we mentioned earlier which is about knowing thyself and Eleanor's like oh my god I'm officially the smartest person because uh, Jason's asking about prom for this two person class so there we go that's where we end off that now it's going to be Jason and Eleanor in class and the basic um, tenets of the episode is knowing yourself and what that actually should mean um I, before we jump into the the philosophy is there anything you think i missed in the sum up of the episode uh nothing nerd you did well <laughs> oh yeah that was a good joke um also you i am a nerd but i think you're pointing out that at one point eleanor is saying a lot of nice stuff about cheaty but keeps calling him a nerd and when he points it out she's like well i said a lot of nice stuff too so tough it up nerd uh, <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, but that's the, it's not like, um, it's definitely a philosophical point, but it's not so much an argument in this episode like it has been for others and will be for others. It's more about just the concept of knowing yourself and what that should mean. Because as we start off following Jason, he does know himself. He knows exactly who he is, what he wanted, and he's very self-aware in that way but it's not a good version of himself. He like he liked his dirtbag life, for lack of a better term. He really, you know, he wanted to be a DJ and show that he had a, a sensitive artistic side, but when that doesn't work, he throws a Molotov cocktail into Acid Cat's um, boat. So, like, but, he, but he's okay with that part of himself, and the whole point at the end is Eleanor saying that you have to be a better version of yourself. So I guess the question would be, um, 
how I, I the only way I can think to phrase it as questions like how important do you think it is to really know yourself as a person when you're like just as a person going out in the world like do you think that's important or do you think you can be somebody that's sort of like eh whatever like you don't really have any deeper introspection of yourself uh, going through the of life basically. I mean, I would say you like to know thyself like is very important because like one that goes like it's going to affect your life, your decisions, like that goes back to like the best version of yourself is the version Mm -hmm. that knows yourself the best, like to be Confucian-y a little bit um, is, you know, the less yourself, you're not going to be happy and you're not going to live your best like experience so you're going to suffer more other people are going to suffer with you whether you realize it or not right that's true um i think i think you're right i think honestly it's a softball question because it's pretty obvious that that would be a good thing um and cheat even points out with i think it was a quote from confucius actually i think at the chalkboard he says um knowing others is knowledge but knowing yourself is wisdom um so i think you have a point there um i but i really do think it's an interesting concept to have a character that does know themselves the way jason does that doesn't have any like misconceptions on who he is he's never trying to like sugarcoat the fact that he sold drugs or that he you know did all this illegal stuff he's completely fine with it but it's still obviously not a good place uh, worthy version of himself. Um, so it's interesting to see that because there's a difference between knowing yourself and knowing yourself and choosing to be better. And that I think is the whole concept that we're trying to get to is like, you, it's not enough to just know yourself implicitly. You also have to um, acknowledge your faults and try to move forward to be a better person. And that's the whole journey that they're all going on at this point. So, yeah. Anyway, um, let's see. I'm trying to think what else is in this episode that's kind of philosophy-ish. Um, it is interesting with, like, the Tahani relationship that, like, uh, she's very upset that Jason, that, uh, Jason won't talk to her. Um, be- but I think the reason is also selfish, which we don't really get to yet, but I'll, I'll jump ahead a little bit like an episode or two, she wants to get have him talk to her, not so much because she wants to get to know him, maybe a little bit, but more the fact that she wants the attention, mm-hmm. um, which is, again, I, I think she's kind of the opposite of Jason in that way, is that she, she doesn't really know herself. Out of all the characters, I think she's the least self-aware with actually Chidi being mm-hmm. second, because she always sees everything she does from an altruistic point of view, like that she belongs in the good place and is, is a good person, which she is, but her motives are always kind of askew a little bit. And Chidi, well, we haven't really got to Chidi's main foible yet. We a little bit, but not really. We'll get to it soon. I can't remember which episode, but relatively soon. Um, but yeah, but both of them don't really know themselves in a real way, uh, which kind of makes it interesting that Chidi's the one like expounding how you have to know yourself and how, you know, that's part of being a truly good person. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that's more of like spoilerly stuff, but I tried to steer away from it. But I think that 
as we move on, I'll try and circle back to that because you're going to see that those two are probably know themselves a lot less than Eleanor and uh, uh, Jason do, which is interesting. Jason does. Jason does. That's the correct word there. Plus, plus even though it's like a simpler, simpler, it's a simple struggle. Like what if the, sh- the, sh- the episode does well is, you know, most of this we've been following Eleanor and she is, you know, wishy-washy committed. Mm-hmm. Then when she finally says, you know, I am going to try to do this as better as I can, then she finds someone like her and she backtracks to a degree. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> Jason is, you know, just trying to kind of innocently be like, I now know someone, you know, I can express myself. And he's just trying to, you know, announce himself to this world. And because it's going to harm not necessarily be him. She's more worried collectively because she references it first. And that's kind of her character. I mean, is she still has those selfish kind of protections. Right. So I think one of the other things too is going to with a know thyself is like, um, is not letting people kind of, you know, be themselves is that's kind right. of one of the things that's going back and forth is she's trying to protect him, but it's also to protect her. So ultimately, you know, like, she's not letting, you know, herself or him actually, you know, um, not perforate, but like, you know, reveal themselves. Right. Which is also reflected in the, um, the flashback part of the story, because the whole arc with that is that this DJ who's really popular acid cat, like says, you can be me, but you just have to keep the mask on because he was a giant head so nobody can see who he is and just basically hit the button, play the music. He does that. Everybody's having a good time. But then Jason goes off the stage, talks to his friend uh, Pillboy, who you might notice from Marvel's Loki is part, part of a thing if you were paying attention. Um, but he goes back and he says, they don't love me. They love Acid Cat. I need to be myself, which is completely fucking asinine in that situation that, that he would ever think that anybody in that situation would care about him because they didn't come to see him. They came to see this other guy, but he does that. And because he's Jason, he doesn't learn from any of this experience, by the way, that's how he gets to where he is in the good place that as soon as he takes the helmet off, puts on his own music and starts dancing pretty well. Like I would say he's a very good break dancer. That's part of his character. Like everybody just starts throwing shit at him and he has to collapse into a ball on the stage. And so like that, that is the part of him also is that he doesn't learn from his mistakes in any real way. That's part of his journey because that didn't teach him anything. As soon as he gets an inkling of that, he wants to be himself in the good place um, his impulse control, which is, I will, I'll give you that right now. His impulse control is the main thing that he has to work on. Um, just says, nope, I'm going to go ahead and just do what I want to do, what feels good in the situation, instead of like thinking about it at all. And um, yeah, then that's how we get to the dancing in the middle of the living room with the, all the Jacksonville Jaguar stuff that's not real. Which, by the way, I would never have noticed that. Like. I know what his favorite team is. I know what the jersey looks like, but my brain doesn't register. Oh, that's not NFL accurate jersey. That's just a mock-up. You had to point that out, which I find really funny. Yeah, especially because it was kind of good, but like, especially sort of like for the time frame, like they almost nailed it because like his character, but like one of his most obsessed players kind of was like a trending like fandom thing where they weren't sure if he was really good and then 
you know, it kind of swayed back and forth. So it was like a consistent storyline in the NFL. So it's funny that they like just kind of picked up on that without realizing for that time frame. Um, Cause around the same time the show was airing, like the team went from kind of being more of a joke to kind of being legitimate, but people weren't really sure about that legitimacy. So it's kind of weird because it's also a parallel to his character. Um, so so I, I will, this isn't really going to tell you anything about what happens, but there is a later scene um, where like one of the omnipotent beings, they do something that kind of changes earth in a weird way. And like one of the omnipotent beings is like, wait, no, the Jacksonville Jaguars are good now for some reason. I mean, it's being discussed, but it's really weird. So, like, that definitely comes up later. They mention that it's really weird that they're kind of good now. And it's kind of the fault of the people in the good place. That's how they write it into the story. It's their fault that the Jacksonville Jaguars become good later. But anyway, we'll get to that later. I just, but that's an awesome scene. Um, so... Well, we don't really talk about how he dies, but there is a tie-in to Ron Swanson with Jason that we will get to. And um, I found out that there's another podcast that has to do with The Good Place that may or may not have been created by the same people that did The Good Place. And I'm going to say, don't listen to that. Listen to us, because we clearly know way more about this than they ever could, because we watched it. Um, so that just yeah we'll talk about that more when we get to it i just found that really funny it's like oh yeah i forgot there was an actual full podcast produced by the people making the good place it made me feel a little superfluous i'm gonna not lie about that uh, let's see um yeah i think like i said this one isn't as much about it's really about that concept and i think it's a very easy concept to just sort of like it's one of those philosophical concepts that on the surface is very easy to be like, oh yeah, duh, of course, that makes sense. Knowing yourself makes sense. But once you actually look into the work of what that means to better yourself, it's actually one of the more difficult concepts. So it's like, it's hard to talk about only because it's such a surface level, easy agree, but the amount of work it actually takes to not only know yourself, but know what needs to be fixed is literally what the entire like therapy, um, psychiatry, um, I'm trying to think of the word I want, like world profession is built on. Like that's that's 90% of it, I would say. So, but it's also something that I'm, I don't know, I've never been in therapy, so I don't, I know of it. I don't know how to explain it. That makes sense. Um, you have more experience with us. How, like, how hard is it, do you think, um, if you're going through and trying to help someone better themselves to get them to see the defects in themselves that need to be fixed. If that makes sense. Well, one, just like because of training and stuff, there's a lot of words that you're using there that would not be a good um, therapeutic <laughs> language. Um, <clears throat> because also too, like going back to like, if, if you're saying you're fixing themselves then you're telling someone something's wrong with them. Right. Um, so also defect um, is probably not a great choice. Yeah. Of words. I understand what you're saying. Um, but like to kind of go with what you're you're saying and to put it into um, more neutral lingo is like goes back to kind of like understanding yourself but knowing like your limits knowing the things that you know make you upset make you and then everyone has like different like one of the things I consistently talk about is like um, levels or thresholds of what they can and can't experience or deal with and that's fine but like 
in, in understanding that it's fine, but there are times where, you know, without understanding, you know, how other people have it, if you just like kind of Jason Mendoza, if you just impulsively say like, I'm bored, this is stupid. That comes off as pretty bad, right? Like you're not going to have a lot of friends. If like every time that you don't want to do something, you're just literally like, you know, sp- like verbally spit out, like what is impulsively on your mind. There is a positive side to that, but in, in most social settings, you could see how that would be at least generally problematic. And then that would make that person maybe, you know, more potentially isolate or not want to be with people because every time they do express themselves in the way that they know, it, you know, puts them in bad situations or makes them feel worse about themselves. And part of the thing with therapy is a lot of it's just changing perspective and changing how people view themselves. So it's not like glass half empty, glass half full. It's more kind of like a collective, like bigger picture understanding. And then also normal, like there's a huge bunch of like normalizing, which I don't know if you're familiar with that, but like uh, normalizing is basically telling people like, it's okay to like, not just be different, but like when I was talking about those thresholds, like it's okay to have those impulses or, you know, to just have no filter like in your head. But, you know, every, there are times when you are among different people or whatever, there is, you know, kind of causes and effects and, you know, being able to manage that sometimes when you, not when you feel that you should, but like when you, when you kind of have to, or same thing too, sometimes, you know, you may know yourself and yourself may not want to, but there's other ways to, to say that in that situation. Like, you know, instead of sitting like, I'm bored, this is stupid. You could just, you know, lightly suggest, you know, hey, we've been doing this for a while. Can we do something else? See how those are completely different? (laughs) Yeah, no, it makes sense. And I think it also points out, which I think for a comedy, the only way to write Jason Mendoza is exactly how they did it, is that you're right. If somebody were acting like him in everyday life, for the most part, he'd be isolated and like just eventually would because nobody likes criticism. It eventually get to him. But he um, is written in such a way that he has what I think like they call now on like social media and shit, um, golden retriever energy that like nothing that anyone else can do to him ever makes him doubt himself. Mm-hmm. Like, like at all. And it's written as a very endearing quality, but I think the only reason you write him that way is because if he ever lets any of that get to him, it should destroy any normal person. Um, But he is so self-assured and so coming at everything with non-malice that he's very endearing as a character. Mm -hmm. Um, Which again, for a comedy, I think it's less about the philosophy they're trying to explore there. It's more about we're writing a comedy and to have this character do what we want him to do, he has to come at it with that energy or it's not going to work. It's going to end up being sad. Um, But it, it works really well throughout the whole episode it um, works or whole series. It works really well. And he does eventually grow without actually ever. That's an, an interesting part of his character. It's not about for him becoming book smart. Um, mm-hmm. it's, never, it's never couched that way. Like he might occasionally get a little less like overly dumb, but not really. It's never about him learning something like that. It's more about him. Like I said, learning to control his impulses and learning to, you know, be present in the moment to 
kind of give some of it away, but <laughs> sort of maybe. But you know, what I mean, like that's a very interesting idea because a lot of times when you're writing a character like Jason that is so over the top, um, you know, not uh, book smart, that the idea would be he have to learn to be book smart, and that's never the path that he needs to take to get where he needs to go. And yeah, I think that's a very it's a very nice thing. It's a very good thing to put in there because I think a lot of times we as a society can confound those two things and it's not the same thing. Being a good person doesn't necessarily mean being a overly analytical, intelligent person. It's more about like how you interact with the world, um, I think is the overall message. But we can talk about that more as we go through the whole thing. That I've always, I like that about him because he could have very easily been more about like, oh no, he had to learn like Eleanor's learning about like she eventually gets to the point where she's quoting Dante and shit. And it's like, no, that's never going to be Jason. It doesn't have to be Jason, but for her, that makes sense for him. It's something else. So yeah. <laughs> Plus, and I think that goes back to kind of like your under underlying point is like mm-hmm. a lot of the episode is it was about being authentic. And one of the things that makes Jason, Jason is because he is authentically, he, he you know, one, because he doesn't let things affect him, but also like in the same way, like, you know, he, people know or expect how he's going to act. So people that are around him know that and are probably not going to take that, you know, with all the consequences or just go roll through it. Um, or it's the same thing like, so with the chef, right? So that's a perfect example too of like, she's really good at what she does, but she's super intense. So mm-hmm. like, there are people that respond well to that. So like even too of like being authentic doesn't mean that you're nice to everybody all the time. Like, so there are people that admire that, you know, it's something that, you know, takes time, but there's going to be people that, um, you know, that feels more akin to, and then Mm -hmm. that's, you know, how a a character like him. And I think even too, they talk about that later with like some of his friends are more based on like loyalty um, and, you know, the amount of fun collectively that that kind of character can have because there are not that there aren't any consequences but like because you act impulsively and you come up with these ideas that are ridiculous yes in the moment you're going to come up with some things that are so like stupid that you don't like you know you're not thinking about other things and there's ways that that could definitely attract different kinds of people so between the fact of like you know his endearingness the fact that you know he doesn't really change so that can be seen as not only a strength but that can be something people admire or people are close to him because they know who he is will just kind of accept that and go you know oh that's just jason being jason and not in like a negative context if that makes sense right yeah no that does make sense and i think that's um like i said we'll track all four arcs over the series to see how they change and they do a very good job of it but it, it is very much less sitcom formulaic in the change it's not I mean, the whole sitcom's a fucking bonkers thing that maybe should never have happened, but I'm glad it did. So it's well, four sense. arcs just because I'm foolish and we can remind our our viewing audience. Uh-huh. Um, Eleanor's arc of how she changes Chidi, Tahani, and uh, Jason, just the four um, main people we're following. So also, you could, you can, well, I won't get into that because that there is another arc, but I won't get into it only because it. Talks about stuff later. Spoiler alert: There's another arc, and it's not the <laughs> Ark of the Covenant, and it's not McDonald's. Got it. Am I? Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much this episode. Um, the next episode's very uh, compared to this episode. It's very um, 
direct in the philosophical idea they're talking about. It's literally on a chalkboard in the first like few seconds in giant letters, utilitarianism. So we're actually discussing a concept of philosophy. JSM. <laughs> I knew, like, I knew that utilitarianism John would get that. Stuart Mill. <laughs> oh. So for anybody that doesn't know, utilitarianism basically means that um, the only thing that, is, if you believe in this philosophy, the only thing that matters with an action is the amount of good that that action puts out in the world. What that leads to is the problem of torturing one person to save a hundred. Stuff like self-pleasure for only self-pleasure's sake, all of that wonderful stuff. Right. Um, it's a very, it can be considered a very simplistic thing. It's usually something, and I think that's why I keep saying that this is basically a philosophy class as a sitcom. It's something you do encounter very early on when you take philosophy um, because it is such a basic concept, but it's also a good one to show how a concept can be warped or um, how like you have to be careful with what you believe because utilitarianism, I can tell you from experience is very appealing to a philosophy 101 student. Like the, the freshman, like, Oh yeah, no, I'm, I get it. it. That makes sense. Why don't we start with that? <laughs> Eleanor even says it in the episode that she's like, um, why do we even start with all these complicated ones? Why don't we just go right to this one? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but as far as it goes, I think once you've studied philosophy for a while, it usually falls away pretty quickly because it, it can it is a very selfish thing and there are just other ways to look at the world where you can incorporate the good parts without the bad. And I think I can pretty much easily say that neither myself or Eugene and I would consider ourselves utilitarians. Um, but I do see why it's so attractive and we'll talk about like what it offers to people. And I can you can also see the good um that it could bring but also obviously the bad so and there's a couple of episodes that... <laughs> there's also a couple other episodes that um talk about concepts related to it uh the tro trolley problem which is again my, one of my favorite episodes that has a lot to do with utilitarian ideals um as far as like what the right answer might be also they eventually talk about what's called the utilitarian happiness pump i think Hmm. Um, which is, it's a really interesting concept. I, I'm just, I know what the, what the thing is, but I, um, I think the term they use is like happiness pump, um, which is part of this philosophy, but we'll get to that. That's like a couple seasons down the line, but when we get to it, we'll talk more about uh, utilitarianism at that point. Um, yeah. All right. So I think that's it for this week. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed Jason Mendoza next week. And just cause I love saying the title, it's, um, a category 55 doomsday crisis. That's <laughs> we're no longer naming it after characters. It's now going to be stuff like that and other things it just might be my favorite title ever. Um, yeah. So let's see when this comes out, the Wednesday before would have been chaos of ringside, uh, discussing AEW and some WWE. I'm going to say some right now because I haven't even finished watching all the WWE for this week. Oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to. Shame. So. Shame. Well, shame. I will, <laughs> I will say part of it is on me, but also Hulu is getting rid of um, WWE programming. Um, I'm guessing their deal with Hulu is up, so I don't know what's going to happen as far as me trying Discovery to catch up. Discovery or some other 
or Peacock, service. yeah, yeah, something like that. But but because of that, I'm not even sure if I'm going to be able to see SmackDown or even finish Raw. Like I've watched half of the Raw that's on there, but it's going to close down as of right now tomorrow. So I'm not even sure if I'm going to be able to finish that episode. Um, but I did watch all of AEW, so we're good with that. Let's see, what else do we have on Monday? Would have been Deep Space Nine. Which, oh man, this is a fun episode. This is the episode where Quark, Rom, and Nog go back in time and land at Roswell and become the Roswell aliens from the 50s. It's a, it's obviously a comedy episode, but it's just such classic sci-fi for them to do that. And then, um, yeah, I think that's about it for this week. I, we still don't know what's going on next week yet. We'll figure it out and let you know. But um, yeah. I hope next week we'll be back with the next episode. If not, like I said, we'll be back when we get back. But everybody have a good place and get some good plates. See what they did there with the good plates. Uh, and thanks, Eric Bowman, for the theme song. Follow us on Twitter at Chaos Pod Show um, or follow me at Last Gil Chris One. I'm going to try to make more of an effort in my social media. I've really laxed off last few weeks but eh, it's been what it's been um also you can follow me at last gilchrist one on tiktok or just follow the show at chaos is everywhere on facebook um i think that's about it oh yeah write the show at chaos pod show at gmail if you have any suggestions comments or anything uh still looking for anybody that wants to have an episode based on their idea i don't care what the idea is first five people get their show done after that it'll be my discretion or well our discretion because i'll discuss with the other two yeah you, there will be you, we're a democracy we will vote and then you will make a decision even though the voting doesn't matter right exactly it's a democracy but 90 percent of the vote goes to me so, <laughs> um yeah so i hope everybody has a good weekend we'll see you soon everybody stay yourself out there that's a good one <laughs> <laughs>